Hey everyone, I'm Blake Atwell and welcome into the first Blake Show NBA betting podcast of 2023. This show comes to you, of course, on the Believe Podcast Network, also coming to you nationally on TuneIn Believe Betting Radio, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever else you happen to listen to your podcasts. On today's show, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start uh, by focusing on the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat. And then I'm also going to give you some betting advice uh, about those two teams because they are playing tonight on the NBA slate. They play at six o'clock tonight. So without further ado, let's get the show going. So like I said, going to start in Brooklyn with the Nets, 26 and 13, second in the Eastern Conference and just a game back of the Boston Celtics with an impressive win over the New Orleans Pelicans on Friday night. And all this taking place after what was no secret at this point to anybody that watches the NBA, a very tumultuous start in Brooklyn to start the year off. And I really think that there are two things above all else that are clear about the Nets turnaround. The first is that the team is keeping things about basketball. The drama has just all stopped when I don't think a lot of people thought that it ever would. And I'm all for athletes or celebrities or anybody with a platform, really, even anybody that has a big following on YouTube or a podcast or whatever, using their their platform for good and knowing that responsibility that they have in the way that their words will influence people. Um, but I think that when you're saying stuff that brings attention to negative things in our world and hurtful things in our world, and then you combine that with the fact that in this specific situation, Kyrie Irving's actions really were impacting Steve Nash and Kevin Durant and the rest of his teammates in the organization, that is a tough pill to swallow. And I think a lot of folks in the media, especially who are very critical of Kyrie, had kind of just completely forgotten about <laughs> the talent that this guy is. And really, if you talk to people in the NBA, nobody says negative things about Kyrie Irving. He's, you know, a very hard worker. Uh, I think has a little bit of that uh, Kobe Bryant element to him from training with Kobe um, and and just sort of from idolizing Kobe growing up. And he plays with that kind of just like ultra competitive fire. And I think he's got the best layup package in the history of the game um, and has made some of the clutchest shots in the history of the league. Of course, you know, has won a championship. And I think that, you know, a lot of people in the media were kind of just talking about him as if the drama just was never going to stop, right? And for a while there, he wasn't really showing any resolve for his actions or apologizing. So, you know, there were people who were saying, well, I'm, I can only go off of what you've done for me lately, right? That's the kind of society and the kind of world that we're in. And the Kyrie's credit, he after a long process that he established with the organization, did what he needed to do, and then got back to playing basketball. And since then, the ship has sort of been turned around, along, of course, with one of the on-court things. And this is really the second thing that I want to mainly talk about here. And it's that these guys are playing their tails off for Coach Vaughn, who has come in in place of, of course, Steve Nash, who was let go. And... I want to read something that Kyrie Irving said after reading the Pelicans on Friday night. He said, quote, our growth as a team is just seeing some of the leaders on our team, including myself, be poised, end quote. And on the floor, we'll start there. I think that quote really couldn't be more true. Uh, let's start with Kyrie Irving. He scores seven points in the final minute 12 of that game in a situation where you weren't sure whether or not the Nets were going to win. 
Um, and him, Kevin Durant, they combined to miss 32 shots. But going back to that quote, as leaders of the group, really Kyrie and, and KD, they stayed poised and they still were able to get the job done on the court. Um, but I also want to highlight something that Kyrie said in there that I think reigns true for the off the court stuff as well. And I think that as leaders of the team, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are at a point after everything that they've been through both separately in their own situations and together as leaders of the team are finally staying poised and that impacts the on the court stuff. And I think all of us basketball fans are very happy that that's the case because we've all been really excited to try to see a bigger sample size of a team built around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with good depth, which is what the nets are. Um, and I think we're finally seeing that. Um, and I think that those two guys, they're playing like superstars they're being very professional. Um, and, you know, this isn't just about Kyrie Irving. I mean, Kevin Durant requested a trade before the season because he didn't necessarily, you know, uh, think over the summer that 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 things were going in a direction that he liked. Um, and I think when the season started, the way that the Nets were playing and sort of the frustration you were seeing, uh, a lot of the players towards the coach, Steve Nash, I think that, he could have easily demanded out the way that things started, but he, but he was able to stay poised. And now the nets are playing like legitimate contenders. Um, and I think that, you know, like I said, I'm all for, those are, those are two guys that are not afraid to speak out and use their platform for good. And I, and I'm all for that. Um, I hope that in the future, we're not in a situation again, where um, Kyrie Irving, for example, brings something to light that, um, is so negative and hurtful to our world. And I think that as long as, you know, those guys, uh, whether, whether you're an athlete or an executive or whatever your profession is, you have a platform, you take that responsibility and know that your actions aren't just impacting you, but they're impacting your teammates, your company, whoever it is that you're representing. Um, I, I think that that's all stuff to keep in mind going forward. And I'm just happy that, that, uh, there hasn't been drama as of late. And let's hope uh, just just for basketball fans everywhere that we can continue to watch this team play. Um, speaking of which, I want to get back to the on-the-court stuff and just say that I think what really makes this Nets team so dangerous is its depth. And let's just take a look at the Pelicans game kind of uh, with a magnifying glass, if you will, as an example. So Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren, two shooters, two role players on the Nets that have had successful runs elsewhere uh, who have joined this team. They both give you double figures in this game. Then you have Nick Claxton, the big man, who's just all over the floor. He's playing with unbelievable energy. And then you have Ben Simmons. And despite all the vitriol that, that he faces for not shooting a lot and scoring and whatever, he's just doing his thing. He's defending, he's playmaking, he's doing what he needs to do within the confines of the group. And you don't need Ben Simmons taking all these crazy shots uh, when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the floor, uh, which I think is sort of you know what we're uh, what we're seeing. Um, obviously, you know the aggression of just if you have a lane, taking the lane, going to the basket, that kind of stuff reigns true um, with with Ben Simmons. But I just think that he's playing hard, he's defending, he's playmaking, and. Um, they're winning games, and that's what really matters. And when we look at this Pelicans game, Seth Curry and Joe Harris, they didn't have the best of games. 
And I think what's scary about it, so the Nets are able to win this game against one of the top teams in the Western Conference, albeit not at full strength. Um, but you have if you're the Nets, you know, you're able to win the game. At the end of the day, that's what sort of you'll take away as the season goes on. And when you look at Seth Curry and Joe Harris, these are another two great shooters uh, that can get hot at any second. Um, so you look at the Nets and how dangerous they can be just with that starting group. Um, and then you add, you know, TJ Warren to come off your bench. If you can get some of these other guys to be consistent, I mean, they're, they're a very, very deep and talented team. And I think the bottom line is they have two of the best players on the world, uh, excuse me, in the world on their team is what I meant to say. And if they keep playing this hard for their coach, I think they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs for the Bucks, the Celtics, anybody from the West. They're going to be tough to take down. Um, so I think with the Nets, what we kind of need to do is just see how long this can last. We get through the All-Star break and the season starts to wind down and they're still winning at this pace. Or even if maybe, you know, God forbid an injury happens or if, you know, um, somebody, you know, has to has to take some 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 games off or whatever for load management, whatever the case may be. Um, I think as long as you're watching this team playing and and they're clicking within the confines of the offense and Nick Claxton is running around like like he does, playing as hard as he does, and the rest of the team sort of follows suit, playing hard for their coach, Jacques Vaughn. I don't think there's any question that this team can win a championship this year. Now I want to move on to the team that the Nets are playing tonight, the Miami Heat. And unfortunately for Miami, they're not in that same conversation. And I want to clarify this, that I used to work for the Heat when I was in college a couple of years ago, and it pains me to say that the Heat aren't in it. But I got to be honest with you, I'm somebody that's going to drink that Heat culture Kool-Aid all day. <laughs> um, but no amount of Heat culture or uh, or off-season you know, body fat programming or, or whatever can cover up the roster problems that this team has this season, unfortunately for Miami. And what's tough about the heat is they really do have a similar team to last season. You have Jimmy Butler and Bam in a bio. That's your, your main core of super of, of, of stars. And then when you look at the heat though, I think what's important to notice from this team this year to the team last year, is that they lost PJ Tucker and they did not replace him. And this team reminds me actually of, of the team that I worked for, which was the 2020, 2021 team uh, when I worked in the broadcast department for the heat and that team, that's the year after they uh, lost to the Lakers in the finals, the bubble and the team from the previous year in the bubble that had Jay Crowder as their foreman, who was tough, uh, you know, did what he needed to do really fit into that heat culture uh, that they have there. Um, he left and they did not replace him. And then you had a team that was fairly inconsistent throughout the regular season. They get into the playoffs as uh, kind of, you know, by the skin of their teeth a little bit and they get swept by the bucks in the first round. Who, Of course they had beaten the year before. And as the team currently stands right now, this year, I'm seeing a similar potential outcome because similarly to the bubble team, the team last year, they get to the Eastern conference finals. They're one jumper away from making it to the finals. Who knows how they play against the warriors in the finals. Maybe they win the title. Um, but you know, you take out 
uh, PJ Tucker, and you don't really replace him. What they did is is they have Caleb Martin, who's a very good young role player, high energy, good defender, um, plays well within the confines of their offense. Um, but they're moving him into the starting lineup and not just moving in into the starting lineup, but I think asking a little too much um, from from him. Um, And don't get me wrong, Caleb Martin, very, very good player, high energy, like I said. Um, But I don't think that he brings himself on his own the same toughness at both ends of the floor as P.J. Tucker did. And it's not like P.J. Tucker was (laughs) scoring 15, 20 points a game. He just put his hard hat on, guarded the best player on the other team every night, which took pressure off of Bam and Jimmy. Um, and you saw what the Heat's ceiling was, and, and it was pretty dang high. Um, so I think that when we're talking about the power forward situation with the Heat, in an ideal situation in Miami, they would have been able to replace Tucker um, with somebody. And I mean, just bring in, maybe you don't look for a veteran forward, maybe you switch it up. And you look for a uh, a younger, more athletic forward, and then you also still use Caleb Martin in a in a elevated role from what he was doing last year, but you don't ask Martin to be the starting four, and really kind of just you know do all of that work himself. Um, I don't think that Caleb Martin can be your starting four uh, if you want to be a championship team, um, just because of the way the rest of the roster is built with Miami. Um, I think that Caleb Martin, you know, in a world where the Heat were able to get another forward in the offseason, maybe they are starting him still, and and maybe that works. But I don't think just having really him, and then they have Haywood Highsmith, who they played uh, the other night, which I'll get to in a second, uh, younger forward. But um, I just don't think it's realistic to expect them to get to the level that they were playing at last year with the current roster build. But this is not just all on the power forward spot. Uh, I think another area where the Heat have been lacking in production has been point guard. And that falls on the shoulders of Kyle Lowry. Um, He's looking like he's in better shape physically than he was last year. The body fat looks like it's down, but um, it looks like his game has just fallen off a little bit. He's just not playing as consistently. So I think when you look at the starting lineup, and you have those two holes, power forward and point guard mainly. Um, those are two things that have really hurt this year's version of the Heat. And a guy like Max Struess has played well. Tyler Hero has taken another step forward. Omer Yurtsevin, nice young big man, uh, plays well next to Bam. And then you have Bam you know, at the five, and you have Caleb Martin at the four. Um, Gabe Vincent coming off your bench. Like They have depth. They're a good team. Uh, I think they're definitely a playoff team is currently constructed. Um, but I think that some changes need to be made if they want to get back to that level that they were playing at last year and really compete for a title again this year. So what I want to do, I want to do the same thing with the heat that we did with Brooklyn and take a look at some of their recent games uh, for, for examples of what I just talked about. So we're going to start with their loss of the Lakers a couple nights ago. Uh, last week, and then we'll talk about their win over the Suns, which is their most recent win, of course. So when we talk about that Heat-Lakers game, the Heat lose by three, uh, and look, the Lakers don't have LeBron, they don't have Anthony Davis, haven't been playing too well as of late. That's an embarrassing loss for a team that was a shot away from making the finals last year. And again, I know it's not the same group 
as I just explained, but not a game you can lose, especially when Jimmy and Bam are producing. Jimmy gives you 27, Bam gives you 30 and 13 rebounds. And Jimmy's playing all over the floor, as he always does on both ends of the floor. He's playing his heart out. But there's not enough production from the rest of the team, um, even against against any NBA team for the Heat to win. They can't afford Tyler Hero with their current roster, bro. They can't afford Tyler Hero to be in single figures. Um, they need him to score in, in double digits, as he has most of the season, but can't have an off night like he did. Um, Caleb Martin playing fine overall. Playing well in his role, I think. But again, I don't think you're getting enough production from that position because this team is built to have a power forward that guards the other team's best player. Um, and I just think that um, you're not getting the same level of production from that position. Um, now, that's sort of on the glass half empty side for the Heat. But now let's kind of switch gears um, and let's talk about their win over Phoenix. You get your typical production from Jimmy and Bam. And Tyler Hero doesn't play due to injury. But then the Heat are still able to win because they get a breakout game from Victor Oladipo. And this is where things get interesting for the Heat. Victor Oladipo uh, dealt with a lot of injury problems, of course, sort of continually here. Uh, Was a, you know, a, a, a really sort of fringe, elite, very good player. Uh, for the Indiana Pacers and before that, the Orlando Magic. It's a shame he's, he's dealt with a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of hard stuff. Um, I give him a lot of credit for being at the level that, that he's gotten back to. Um, but now he's really, you're seeing, um, you know, showing some signs of of real life uh, to be a consistent contributor. And I think that's the key because he gave you his best performance in years really. And by far, I think one of his best games in a heat uniform. Um, so you have that, you have Oladipo. Then you also have Max Struess giving you 19 points. So what you saw there is the heat were able to overcome lack of production, really of, of sort of high level production from the point guard and the power forward spots. Um, and in this case, you know, Haywood Highsmith played um, and in, in that starting lineup and didn't score did some other things on the floor, grabbed rebounds, um, things like that, but definitely affected the game in, in other ways. Um, but I think that with their current roster build, you really need Bam and Jimmy to be playing like all-stars, really at that like superstar level. And then you need two of your role players to really go off. So most nights, that's Tyler Hero. I'm not really considering Tyler Hero like a star yet. I think that that's sort of the next progression he's going to make, but and he's close to that, but I would still consider him just like a very good role player on that team. Um, so you really need him and somebody else to go off every night. And in this case, you have Victor Oladipo and you have Max Struess. Um, and that's what they need every single night. And I just think it's a little too much to ask, not only of, you know, a Caleb Martin, but even of Jimmy and Bam. And I think you, you've seen it at points this season with Bam where he's been inconsistent and he's, play a lot better as of late and a lot more consistently as of late. Um, the only guy that I'm really exempting from all this is Tyler Hero because I think he's really taken another step forward uh, this year and he's really, like I said, on that fringe level of becoming a star. Um, and I want to say that and lead that into my next point, which is that I do see sort of like a potential light at the end of the tunnel for this Miami Heat team. Um, like I said, you have Hero taking another step in his development 
Um, if Bam keeps playing as lights out as he is, um, and Jimmy Butler, you don't need to worry about him. Um, so you have sort of all that in the back. What I'm thinking is, uh, if you can swing a trade come the trade deadline to get an athletic forward, like let's say PJ Washington from Charlotte, I think that they can really make another run, uh, run at this thing. And then from there, I'd say you still need to add some depth, uh, which I think I would wait at the buyout market to try to add, because I don't know if you do make a trade for a, uh, PJ Washington, um, and you offload, you know, a Max Struess or a Duncan Robinson, um, or a, you know, um, a, a Kyle Lowry or, or whatever you have to do to get that deal done, whatever combination of role players that you're trading out, you're losing some of your depth. So in my mind, in a perfect world for the heat, you're kind of going to keep your whole team together. You'll send out a couple guys, you'll bring in PJ, a guy like PJ Washington and an athletic forward, um, who can guard and shoot combined with Caleb Martin, who has been good in his role this year, but I think will play even better, um, when not asked to do as much as a starting four. Um, I think if you, if, if you put all that together, uh, they, they can be a contender. Um, and, the other wild card here is Victor Oladipo. Cause as I said, if he can play consistent, um, that makes the heat really dangerous. I think they're really only, a a trade for a, uh, a good power forward away from maybe being, uh, a very good, very good, uh, title contender. So I want to transition again, uh, with this sort of heat nets conversation and focus on the game tonight and get into some, uh, betting advice. Um, so you have the Nets. They're currently favored by three and a half on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And not only do I like the Nets, but I think getting them as three and a half point favorites actually offers some value for you. And I think the main reason here is the Miami Heat injury report. Miami, is anybody knows who follows the team, <laughs> is notorious for always being rather mysterious with their uh, injury reports. And today you got Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. They're both questionable. And you don't, you may not know if those guys are going to play until closer to tip. Caleb Martin, also doubtful. Um, and that's why, in my book, I think you should hedge your bets while that number is still low uh, and take the nets um, at that three-and-a-half-point margin because I don't think all three guys are going to play, in which case I think that this game may not stay in, in single digits. Um, if Bam Adebayo plays, Tyler Hero plays and they're at full strength that's a different story i think the heat can can keep it close and i would say that on the flip side if those guys do play uh i would actually take the heat uh in this game at home uh with the plus money so pay attention to that injury report if bam tyler hero don't play take the nets uh later in the day or hedge your bets now and and take them where we still got as i'm recording this we still got five six hours until uh until tip off of that game. Uh, and, and you can work it that way too. So a couple different options that you can play this, uh, I would say again, just to recap it, take the heat, uh, if at, at plus money, if, uh, bam and Tyler hero play, take the nets if they don't, and, uh, maybe look into hedging your bets a little bit and taking the nets earlier here in the day. Cause I have a feeling that that margin will get a little, uh, that, that point total will get a little higher, uh, for the nets margin of victory. If, uh, you know, it's announced that Bam and Tyler Hero are not playing. And with that, 
we have ourselves a show, please add the show as one of your favorite radio stations at the link in the description and subscribe to us on YouTube. And a reminder, we are also on Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever else you happen to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and I will see you next time.